welcome again to Cloud Bar. If you stuck around from hour one, hurrah! If you've just joined us, welcome. I'm Kate Hutchinson. I'm a journalist and broadcaster based in London, and I'm hosting this next conversation, Music Discovery Today, with three leading lights from UK independent media. On the Twitch chat, a lovely panel. We've got Tara Joshi, freelance culture writer and the music editor at Galdan, Duncan Harrison, the head of content at Crack Magazine, and freelance and music, freelance even, music and culture journalist, there we go, I got there in the end, Aaron Bishop, who writes a complex trash, uh, trench clash and many others. How are you doing, guys? Good. Good, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, fantastic, brilliant. Um, so we're going to be discussing music discovery in the isolation age, what independent music publications and journalists are looking for in terms of new artists to cover, how it's continuing to cover new music in a crisis, and how the artists themselves are breaking through and making sure they get heard. So we've got a lot to get through. If you've got questions, and I'm sure you're going to have loads and loads, do pop them in the chat, and we'll try and get through as many as, uh, of them as we can at the end. So let's start off with, okay, very, very briefly, guys. What was your come up? How did you get where you are today? Aaron, do you want to start? Um, okay, so for me, it was just, um, I've always loved writing. Um, and then I studied it. At, I studied journalism specifically at university, and um, as I was studying that, like, I kind of started leaning towards music writing. Obviously, I've always had a love for music prior to that, um, and yeah, it just kind of was a natural fit for me to start writing, um, doing, getting into music journalism. Started reaching out to artists on started my own blog. Started reaching out to artists um, that were coming up at the time. So, I, like earlier, I interviewed artists like Young Bane. Um, DC, a couple of upcoming artists from early on, and then when I finished university, I reached out to a couple of publications and then started writing, started writing from there. What about you, Tara? Um, so I had a really bad music blog when I was a teenager. Um, <laughs> yeah, we all. <laughs> um, I never thought it was going to be something that I actually did, though. I just thought it was something I could mm. do for fun on the side. Um, and so my, I guess my last proper job before all this kicked off properly, I was working for a music tech company um, and I got made redundant and I had been freelancing on the side. So I thought I would give it a shot properly. And uh, like literally that week, Galdem asked if I wanted to come hang out and start talking in person. And uh, yeah, it all sort of went from there. So it was, it was weird, but it, and it wasn't very planned, but here I am. What about you, Duncan? Have you always worked as new artists from the beginning of your career? Yeah, so um, I started off, uh, like everyone, it seems, with a, like a blog when I was kind of a teenager. I grew up in Bristol. Um, I was, yeah, kind of doing bits and bobs for like a blog of my own. And then uh, Crack is sort of uh, based in Bristol. It's a like, international magazine, but, but based in Bristol. So I interned for them when I was younger and kind of went to uni, but would go back and work there in the summer. And I'm um, slowly that built into to something kind of full time, which, yeah, like Tara said, I kind of never thought would be possible when I first started out. And yeah, in terms of new artists, I think that um, it's sort of like the lifeblood of, of, of any good magazine really is, is keeping your ear down to that side of things. And I think particularly when you're starting out, you know, smaller blogs and things like that, typically the artists you'll have access to will be emerging artists and will be smaller. So I think, you know, emerging journalists and emerging artists have a real important bond from quite early on. 
Just before we move on, I'd just like to clarify, if there's anybody watching here that is a journalist or a writer on the come up, should they be doing their own blog? I mean, you should keep, if, you, if it's, you know, if it means that you're constantly writing and you're constantly looking for music, I'd say, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like possibly the environment has changed quite a bit in the past few years. Mm. But I think just having some way where you're like constantly writing, where you're constantly searching out new music, I think that's quite an important thing to be doing. I think, I think the writing side, especially, um, because I think a lot of people, even even if, if they start writing directly for publications, I think even for the editor's side, I think that even the editors will rate you a lot more when they know that you've taken the time out to actually put the work in by yourself, even if that means like, the, even the smallest, the smaller side, the smaller details like working on your spelling even or your grammar, like some people have good ideas and good writing, like things they want to write, but then when it comes to the technique, even that sometimes lets them down. So even just like you guys said, having a space to write and, and practice your writing and, and you will even when you look back in years time then you'll notice the, the difference but it's it's taking that time to actually use that time to use this have a space to use that time to write in the first place is important enough i'd say maybe we're all just going to be live streaming our reviews in the future anyway let's <laughs> let's talk about um right now i mean obviously you you know you're all on this panel because you're all working for or um you know running or involved in different aspects of independent media and different really important exciting brands how have things changed for you in the past couple of months something do you want to start yeah yeah it's kind of um really really hard to to try and condense down because it's been like unquestionably I've, I've been at crack for nearly five years and that's not including all the years that i was interning and kind of part of the family i suppose um and definitely the last few months have been super challenging but, but really really enlightening um a, a bulk of our kind of advertising revenue comes from events so they were kind of cancelled and Crack's a free publication, but it's picked up in bars and record shops and pubs and, and cafes across the country and in Berlin and New York. Um, and obviously all those venues were shut. So like very, very quickly, um, it was just not possible. Um, so we kind of had to come together quite quickly and, and think of a sort of subscription model and really think about our digital offering and remodel everything quite rapidly um so yeah incredibly challenging probably the most challenging thing we've we've gone through but seeing the sort of support from artists the support from other publications and the kind of support from our readers is is a really validating thing to happen and i think it helps you focus on what's important and kind of really work out a clear agenda moving forward um, and obviously we're not alone, you know, every title is going through this and, you know, all different kinds of media are, are having different challenges. So, yeah, there's definitely a feeling of solidarity, I think. Is that something you're nodding your head, Tara? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like, I uh, I actually joined Cracks membership as well. Um, oh, really? But yeah, I mean, obviously it's something that in some shape or form is happening across all media. And I feel like particularly with music media, when it's like your advertising revenue comes from festivals, it comes from venues and like not having that anymore is like quite 
a striking thing when music media anyway is one of those areas where constantly people are like is music media still relevant will music media survive and that was happening before this <laughs> um so yeah it's definitely been a weird few months and like for me personally um i actually got furloughed from galdem um because again we make a lot of our revenue from like brand partnerships and like events we do a lot of events and so suddenly we had to like completely rethink how we can actually keep growing when or even just like stay at a level when yeah we're not able to bring in money anymore have you kind of furloughing aside has has galdem or yourself have you had to do sort of anything differently or or um have you created any sort of new opportunities um for i don't know coverage or uh, expanded in a different way um with galdem specifically or like just so like we were we were workshopping like different ways of working with artists for sure um even like having them make playlists that they're listening to in lockdown that kind of thing um but on a personal level i guess even doing stuff like this um live streams and stuff it's definitely something that freaks me out but i guess you got to diversify hey we're just diversifying all over the shop yeah. aaron what about you has your workload or your way of working changed or adapted um to be honest, like for me, it's, it's, it's been like a double-edged sword, I think. Um, on the one hand, I feel like, obviously, because of quarantine, everyone's in their houses, so I've had a lot of time, I had more time to, to get stuck into my writing and to pursue ideas that maybe I didn't have time to to, to before. But on the other hand, um, obviously, a lot, like, like you guys said about with Crack and, and with Galdem, like a lot of um, publications aren't accepting like a lot of freelance work. So at the same time, you kind of pitch ideas to editors, but they're not really taking them on at the moment because of obviously the situation. So it's, it's been, I've got, I've got, they had time to write more content, but the content hasn't been able to be placed as easily as it would have before. Is it more of a challenge to um, get stuff placed when you're writing about new artists, or have you found that we did it? We did a, a chat with um, Ben Beaumont Thomas from The Guardian and Dan um, Supernova from One Extra a couple of weeks ago, and um, Ben was saying that nostalgia has kind of become this really big, um, this big trend. So I, I wondered how that's sort of affecting what you do as sort of tastemakers and curators. Um. I think for me, personally, I think you're 100% I'd agree with that. And I think obviously nostalgia gives a sense of familiarity. So people want to feel more comfortable, I guess, with, I mean, even you see stuff like the, the, um, the, the versus clashes where you the artists, established artists versing each other. And, and again, the sense of nostalgia is bringing a lot of, of fun and, and light to people but even within those if you take like no signal for example they they've been playing new music and showcasing new artists within the breaks of those stuff which is i've seen a lot of people like tweeting oh my gosh what's that song what's that song and do you know what i mean so people are finding ways to, to 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 showcase new artists and new artists are finding ways to 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 be seen but it's just about it's, it's, it's definitely hard. I think it's hard. It's hard as it is for new artists. It is hard for established artists as well, depending on who they are. I think it's it just, it's hard. I think it's just a hard time. <laughs> 
indeed. Well, look, on a positive note, I mean, Tara, you mentioned before, you know, about how these conversations about why we need music media have sort of, they've always been there. I mean, I'm basically ancient and they've been go they've been around as long as I've been a journalist, which is sort of over 15 years. How, how, let's just get this out of the way. How important are independent publications to the music ecosystem right now? Why do we need them? Why are they so crucial? You can go, Tara. I was like looking at you. For yeah, it's, you. <laughs> it's a biggie. Um, I mean, in terms of nuances specifically, I think independent publications play a really vital role in supporting people from the ground up in a way that I think more established places, like, like for example, I write for The Guardian um, and I do occasionally do a one-to-watch slot, but the parameters for what it means to be a one-to-watch for a national paper are completely different to what it would be doing a one-to-watch for somewhere like Galden, because one-to-watch on the terms of like a broadsheet that is, you know, you maybe need a longer project on the way, you maybe need to have like viral success on something, you, you need to have bigger, um, I can't, like squeaky brand new. No, exactly. It's like, and to the point where like, you will sometimes be having conversations with people and it'll be like, oh, is that is that really someone who's one to watch still? But like in that space, yes, it is. But in independent media, I think there's way more room to take a chance on people who like, maybe just even have like one track out, but it's a really good track and you have the space to support them, um, which, which I, I think, think is really vital. vital. Yeah, I, I agree. I also think, kind of similar to what you said about The Guardian, but I think publications that are dedicated music or arts publications can offer slightly more, I'm not sure if it's quite the right word, but I feel like, you know, there, there are certain artists who are from, you know, maybe vulnerable communities or things like that that require a level of kind of protection and actually being catapulted straight into the kind of mainstream media machine straight away can be a little bit detrimental. And I think what a lot of independent titles can offer is like a, yeah, like Tara said, a kind of slightly more thoughtful approach um, that feels a bit more risk-taking and it feels like there's space for that artist to kind of grow into themselves a little bit. Um, and I also think that independent magazines often have kind of made a commitment to a scene or made a commitment to an artistic community so that there's a bit more longevity in the support that's being offered. And that's not to criticise, you know, the sort of invaluable exposure you get from being in The Guardian or going on Channel 4 or something like that. But I think there's, they're just independent kind of arts dedicated publications are just able to afford a slightly more durable sense of support, I think. I think that's really interesting, that word support. I mean, do, do you think that lockdown or these times, however you want to put it, is changing or will change the way that we write about music at large in terms of in terms of this idea of support do you think that there'll be a sort of pivot if you like towards music journalism that's more nurturing you know no more negative reviews how how might we see it change or is it changing already Aaron? um that's a very interesting question. <laughs> um, I think I think it's going to come from as much as it comes from the artists a lot as well. I think in this time, the artists are kind of a lot of artists obviously are struggling to 
either they were, I feel like it's, they either direct, direct, directly with their fans, like talking to their fans and through like Insta Lives or whatever, or stuff like that, or stuff like this, being on panels like this. Um, but I think with new artists, like you say, like they're going to need that support. They're going to need, I feel like the way it's going to change is through, like you, when like events come back and we're able to be outside more and stuff like that, it's going to be a, like the fact that we've had a whole year of no festivals, no nothing like that, that's going to be a lot more um, next year. There's going to be a lot more people going towards those kind of events, and those events are going to be a lot more valued than maybe they were before. I think there was so much choice before that maybe they were taken for granted. Whereas I feel like, you know, when you have like I don't know, like the Great Escape or stuff like. Do you know what I mean? Like those smaller, maybe not even small festivals, but just more niche festivals are going to be a lot more valued and appreciated than maybe they were before, I would say. It's definitely going to be very difficult for somebody to go to a, one of the first festivals that's back on and give someone a two out of five star review, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Tara, do you think the days of the, uh, of the sort of sl slating people of the bad reviews are over? No, um, and I don't necessarily think that they should be, like, depending on the context. Like, like, I think if you watched a film and it was really bad, you wouldn't be like, but here are all the good things about it. Let's focus on them, four stars. Like, you would, like, you would critique it because it's a piece of art and that is part of what the job of what we are doing is. But I think when it comes to, I guess, I guess for me, the difference lies in, yeah, where the artist is in their career. Like, if it's someone who is, like, way more established, like, for example, if, if like, Kendrick Lamar put out something that I didn't rate for whatever reasons, like, that's a conversation I want to be having. Like, I don't want to blindly be praising something. Like, when we don't do PR, um, there is a difference. But I think when it's, like, a completely new artist and they've got, like, one or two tracks out or like you know their their first mixtape or whatever it is i think there is no real need for like faceless negativity like it just like yeah. if something needs work like that's that's a different conversation but i think like reviews that are just slating stuff for the sake of slating it um i never really understand that i think there's also we have a kind of phrase sometimes like at work where it's like it's, it's either when I kind of sometimes get frustrated if publications are kind of punching down, you know, if it feels like there's an artist who kind of either isn't really relevant to their audience. So they've kind of plucked someone from another space completely and they're just having a go at them to kind of show they can, but actually that artist's audience would never hear it. And it's just sort of needless. I think, I think that is, is kind of slightly frustrating. And then, yeah, like, like Tara said, I think there's still definitely a place for it, but it's, I think it's a, it's a trickier thing to pull off now, which means you have to find the right writers and you maybe have to check that there's a real case. Um, but I think one thing, just on your point of, of what might come after this, I feel like one of the key things that people are learning now is the, 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 the content generally and the kind of articles generally have to be slightly maybe more meaningful. And, and I think the responsibility is now a bit clearer on, on titles to look at like, okay, what organizations these artists actually involved in and like, where is this music? How can we actually kind of properly platform this artist's work? And I think that maybe slightly one-size-fits-all approach to coverage is, is maybe being shown up a little bit. Um, 
but yeah, I think there's definitely still a place for, for negativity. <laughs> I just wondered whether, I guess with like, with music, the music industry being in, in the double drums so much, I just, you know, I think there's a fair point about critiquing things, but you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to be the journalist that, that slates the, uh, you know, the, 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 the live band that's just doing their first tour or, mm. you know, or that's put out their first album after, you know, after being in quarantine for so long. I just, it's, it's interesting about whether we're going to move to a, towards a sort of more, you know, nurturing sort of place. But Duncan, you mentioned about, you know, what you're looking for in terms of coverage. I mean, can you can you talk a bit um, broadly, Aaron, about, you know, the sorts of stories that you're on the hunt for now as a journalist? Um, what are you looking for? for? I'm looking for things that are a bit different, you know, things that are a bit more out of the, the ordinary. Like, I feel like, for example, like, when, when Tory Lanez first did his like quarantine radio, that was different. That was like, wow. Or, or um, like I think Charlie XCX, she she recently did like the whole um, was it whole album recorded and written during lockdown by in her in her house. Like I just think people making the most of of this time and and how it's or Kelani is number one. She she like made videos um, for her album during quarantine with just like her friend. In a, in a garden or something like that. It's like people just do it, making the most of this time, and and I think stories like that are what are kind of I'm being personally drawn to. It's not just um, what you would expect. Oh, it's someone got this new video coming out. It's like, well, what's what's different about that than every other artist that's out there? You know. Tara. Um, it's difficult because I guess in line with what Aaron was saying earlier about how it's kind of more difficult to get get something placed at the moment. So like, whereas, and obviously before, when I was actually working at Galdem, like I, I was the person who decided like what was getting covered. So like this, the things that I was looking for were a lot clearer to me. Whereas now it's like, okay, well, I'm, looking for stuff that I like, um, but it has to be stuff that's through a lens that I can pitch it to an editor and like set it to them in some way. So even though like, so you're right, like stuff which has a story like, okay, this got made in quarantine, like that's interesting. Um, and yeah, if someone has something interesting to say, to say in their art, I guess. and. It shouldn't always have to be that way, but right now it just feels like that's maybe one of the easiest ways of getting something beyond just me in my inbox being like, yeah, this is cool. How, how should an artist best get your attention? Um, I, guess, I, I guess it depends. There's like a variety of things. So if it's a completely independent artist who like, you know, doesn't have PR or anything, it's just coming to me in an email asking me to listen to their music, like never DM me on socials about that uh, because I, I just get really overwhelmed by that. Um, but yeah, email me, tell me a bit about yourself. And even though it sounds really narcissistic, but like maybe tell me about why you're sending it to me. Like, it, like, I think it's really helpful if someone is like, oh, I saw that you covered Moses Sumney. I saw that you love Moses Sumney. I think my music it, it kind of draws influence from someone like him. So, like, maybe you'd be into this. Um, 
because otherwise I think it's very easy to just feel like you've been put on generic lists and, and it's not been very thoughtful. And, you know, I get, and I, I'm sure we all get a lot of emails every day. It's not, and right now I have more time to listen to stuff than I ever have. Um, so that's really great. That's a real positive of this that I can actually sit with a lot of what I'm getting sent. But the, the ways that I pick that are like, you know, okay, this, this is actually geared towards me. This is not like a random guitar band that I would never be able to cover anywhere. Brilliant. What about, what about with crack? What has, has COVID changed the sorts of stories that you're covering at all? Um, yeah. I mean, I think like any sort of digital content platform, you have to respond to what's to what's happening in order to kind of make it interesting. Um, but I think a conversation that we had quite early on when, when the kind of lockdown began was trying to find ways of not making the, like all our stories too like, gloomy and that's not to say like completely ignoring the realities of what's happening and the realities that are facing kind of everyone in our scene and our community but like trying to find like like you mentioned the charlie album it's it's a result of these times but it's got this kind of optimism and like a lot of the stuff we've been doing is like trying to bring artists together for like video calls that maybe wouldn't meet normally or like wouldn't actually normally have the time in their schedule to connect and getting those two people to talk. So trying to find like things that are built out of the restrictions that don't feel too kind of, yeah, dark basically. Um, and I think that's the challenge at the moment. And obviously, you know, we're kind of dedicating a lot of space on the platform to highlighting organizations that are doing really amazing work within the arts and kind of beyond. Um, but yeah, I think the sort of stories that we're looking for, I think escapism is the wrong word, but, but anything that kind of has like a bright mood um, and, and doesn't feel too sort of, how is X dealing with lockdown or how is this dealing with lockdown? I think those, maybe it's just because it's been quite a few months now, but I think that, that sort of format seems to be getting a little bit tired. We've got lockdown fatigue a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, you, two of you mentioned Charlie X's album, XCX's album there. I wondered if you've noticed any other artists. There's a lot of sort of new and emerging creators, uh, hopefully, watching this. So, have you have you noticed anybody else that's been really kind of nailing lockdown in terms of doing something really innovative? Because there's just so much noise. So, I'm wondering if you've seen people cutting through that, and if you and if you can tell us how you think people could cut through that. I think just someone else want to go. Um, I think it, it depends on who you are as an artist. I think, you know, you can always tell, or at least I think you can always tell when a, an artist feels the pressure to like be on social media or like get their fans involved and it looks a little bit forced or it looks a little bit rehearsed. I think the Charlie project, for example, worked for Charlie because she's so connected to her fans and she's got this really known community of fans that are like super engaged and i think uh, another kind of really great innovative use was um 100 gex's festival in minecraft um which was just like a crazy like visually crazy event um with loads of amazing artists kind of performing virtually 
But again, that aesthetically aligns with them as an act, and it doesn't feel like too much of a stretch. And then at the other end of it, there's artists like, like I saw H just announced an EP that's like dropping tomorrow. It's basically a surprise release. And I think he's just, I know um, Tara's probably a better place to talk about H, but I think, you know, he's a really great example of an artist that's super active on social media, but just feels, it doesn't feel too rehearsed. It just feels like it's him. So he's in a great position to kind of just deliver for his fans at the drop of a hat. I think I think that's a really important point is that um, I think this time is just more about especially even for new artists it's like you can it's just you you can just show your personality a lot more like it's it's, it's less about not even less about the music but alongside the music is opportunity for you to for you to show to show your personality do you know what I mean like I've seen like um, Getz he did he did um, like a, a live set in his house and it was like a live tour and each each day was in a different room. So one day was in his garden, one day he was in his in his living room, one day it was in his kitchen. Do you know what I mean, it's like, but that made it to. I think that was posted in like the news. Like the news even covered that, like the metro or something like that. So it's it's just about being innovative and like letting your personality come shine through. And, and however whatever idea that is, or whatever form that takes, I think that would that's going to be important. It's going to show it's to connect you further to your fans than maybe you will you were already. Mm. Tara, have you got anything yeah. to add to that? And have you seen anyone absolutely learning lockdown? Um, so I feel like I've kind of been off socials because um, my my brain just can't deal with it. So I don't really know who's nailing it. Um, but I, I did see H had put out his, um, well, is like putting out his EP. And I think the way that he like trailed that, like just putting out a little clip last week of one track and getting everyone really excited about that. I think... Yeah, there are ways of just, and I guess he has the advantage of having always been very online. Um, but if you already have that audience, then yeah, just knowing how to engage them, I think that's a really important thing to do. Um, but equally, like Duncan was saying, like, I don't think it should be something that's forced. But if you're not someone who feels very comfortable on social media, aka me um but like you know you don't have to like consistently force like audience engagement like just because you think that's a good way to sell your work as an artist like figure out what works for you i guess there's definitely a, a quite a lot of noise at the moment but also a lot of pressure i think on artists to add journalists to feel like they need to be doing stuff that keeps them relevant that keeps them in the uh you know the top of people's instagram doodars or whatever i'm sure that's the technical um way of expressing that i mean yeah does it is is are we in this have we created a situation in, in which there's a sort of unnecessary pressure on artists how should they deal with that I feel like it's... Sorry, you go. Oh, okay. Uh, I was just going to say, I guess the flip side is that, like, like Aaron was saying, there is more space to just, like, try and have some fun with it. So, like, um, Kindness, for example, they've been doing live stream DJ sets, um, and that's just, you know, it's just a really fun way of sharing their love of music without putting pressure on, you know having to perform in a certain way um, or like speak on certain things. It, it's just, you know, they're in their front room having some fun with their records. And like, if you want to tune in, you can. I think as well, like, um, I know Aaron touched on it, but I think 
cheesy as it sounds, I really feel like this time has kind of brought a lot of people back to like what's that, what was actually good about all this stuff in the first place. Like, I think um, No Signal is a great example of that. The, those shows are just like it, the, the ideas that you can sum up in a sentence that are just that's so much fun um, and you know feel from like a they feel like they're coming from such an authentic place and that just like is totally emanates when you're listening to it and yeah I think um, yeah just like whatever comes naturally to you like you can always tell a mile off like a sort of strategized TikTok challenge or like a kind of dance craze that isn't actually a craze like it's it's pretty obvious so I think um it's like yeah exactly what Aaron said like just take the time to to sort of like one of the reasons H is really successful is because he's just completely himself you know you feel like when you're watching his story you're getting the the real product and I think that that's what people should be trying to do in this time which is really yeah find a bit of transparency I heard a, a phrase the other day, pivot to innovation. That's what we're seeing right now, guys. Pivot hey, to innovation. So I just wanted to add as well, um, like I think as well for artists, especially new artists, I think that this is the time where you can, I don't feel like they should necessarily should feel pressure. I think this is a time to, like, you can learn your craft even more. Like this is a time you can sit and write like get in, get with yourself and write write music or learn learn how to record yourself or learn how to produce so you don't have to rely on the producer or, or whatever the case like I mean you can expand your own portfolio and 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 be more self-sufficient I've seen so many artists even the bigger artists doing that so there's no reason why the um more upcoming artists can, can't take a leaf leaf from that book and, and do the same thing and, and kind of like you said, it's pivot to innovation within themselves. Aaron, T Tara mentioned earlier um, lots of artists sliding into her DMs and sending her music that way. How yeah. do you tend to find new artists? Where are you looking? Um, SoundCloud. SoundCloud is always a good, a good shout. Um, for me, I think it's kind of, it kind of, you know, like when you're going on even YouTube or Spotify or whatever the case, however you find your music, I kind of end up going down like a rabbit hole. Um, I listen to one song and that might, I might, then that person might have a feature or, or might be like a recommended. And I'll click on that one and I just end up going down a rabbit hole and eventually I'll end up finding artists I've never heard of before. And that's kind of, that, that's, that's how I used to find artists when I was um, like a teenager. And that's kind of, Oh, that's kind of my favourite way of, of finding new music personally. And do you do you reach out to them or do you just sort of keep tabs and see what happens? Um, now now I'm I'm more um, likely to reach out, but um, definitely when I was um, more like, learning my my own craft as a journalist, I was just it was more just keeping keeping tabs. And sometimes even still, if I feel like the, the person's still quite early on in their in their career. Uh, definitely it's more of a keeping tab situation, yeah. All right. What about what about you, Duncan? Do you do you wait till it's kind of that sort of, you know, PR level or are you finding new artists all the time? I think it depends. I think um particularly for a magazine like Crack, um platforms like NTS and Worldwide and um mixes generally dj mixes generally so we've got our own kind of audio platform on crack that puts out new mixes every day but i think yeah if, if also with with independent radio and kind of independent audio platforms it's not just kind of house and techno you know i think musicians who make 
any kind of music should be listening to those stations, trying to um, identify, you know, DJs that they think are playing a sound similar to theirs and seeing if they can get some airtime. Because I think that's that's a massive tool that everyone at Cracks like really, really plugged into for, for just hearing songs that like properly pique your interest. Great. Tara? Um, I mean, not to like be too cheesy and just endorse my own profession, but I think one big thing for me is figuring out which publications I trust and like, you know, like seeing like, like Trench has this series, Why I Rate, um, and they're like, they get in depth with artists that like maybe you've never heard of. And like, but because I trust Trench as a platform, you know, that for me is like a way of finding people who maybe otherwise like wouldn't come up just by like being on Spotify, Discover or whatever. Um, so I guess, and yeah, I think radio is a really big thing as well. Um, NTS for sure. And yeah, occasionally mixes. Um, I think when I was younger, it would just be like getting very, very deep into MySpace. Um, and that would probably be the main way. But now I feel like there's like, I don't know, like 10 different ways I'm getting my music. None of you have mentioned Bandcamp yet. I spend hours on Bandcamp. Yeah. I'm obsessed with Bandcamp. Yeah, Bandcamp's editorial is great as well. Like yeah. the stuff that they curate in-house. And I think like the Bandcamp monthly ambient roundup has made lots of Mondays actually more productive than they would have otherwise been. So, um, yeah. But basically <laughs> what, what you're saying is that you're, you're kind of, you try and be sort of across all platforms and looking in as many different places as possible for new artists. Is it a good is it a good time to be releasing new music? I think so. I don't, I don't see. I think for me personally, I think you've kind of got a captive audience. You know, like everyone's at home. People are, um, you know, what I mean, people are more have more time on their hands. So I think it is a good time if I feel like the good music is cutting through. You know, I think people putting music out, and if it's not. If not not necessarily it's rubbish, but if like, people don't want to hear it, they're not going to listen to it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I feel like the good, the music that is, the good music is definitely quite free because people have more time, so they're going to only listen to the music that they think is worth listening to. Yeah, I kind of have a policy with when I go on Instagram and I see like, however many people are live. I'm just I sort of start to get to the point now. Where I'm like, if it's good, someone will rip it, and I'll be able to watch it on YouTube in like 24 hours. If it's like an artist previewing new music or something like that. So yeah, I think I think Aaron's absolutely right. It's like good stuff cuts through, and like that um, past the in frontline was kind of that. That just felt like it completely kind of came from nowhere, and and just completely cut through the noise on Twitter. And I think that's a really good example of like a recent artist and song and sound that found everyone sort of without much of like a visible strategy behind it. Yeah, and I, I think like even though obviously. She's a huge name, so it's not necessarily in the same bracket as what we're talking about. But with like Fiona Apple's album, the fact that her team wanted to push it to October because of like everything that's happening, and then she pushed for it to come out, I guess like a couple months ago now. And I think that actually that really benefited her because everyone was sitting at home and like, you know, I had never listened to Fiona Apple before in my life, and then like suddenly to that like everyone I knew was talking you about. You had to have an opinion on Fiona. Yeah. So yeah. Like, okay, I'll listen to this as well. And like, I think in 
normal life before all this, if that had happened with a Fiona Apple album, I don't think I would have necessarily taken the time. Definitely. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think as well, like Fiona Apple's a really good example how like there's no right way to do this. It kind of, you know, you're, the way you present yourself online has to be a reflection of like who you are as a person and who you are as an artist. So, so for some artists actually being really active on social media and that kind of thing really works for their sound and really works for their identity. But for someone like Fiona Apple actually kind of dropping it from nowhere with next to no noise around it was a lot more impactful. Yeah, I always... think... oh yeah, go on. I was just gonna say, I think that's regardless of lockdown and quarantine, I think that's one thing like an art, a new artist can do is, is know yourself as an artist and and do what f feels right to you and follow your own intuition. I think that's that's the most important thing you can do because I don't, I think there's, there is no wrong way. There is no like you say, in this time we're all in quarantine, it's all new to us. So there is no wrong way to to manoeuvre. So I think as long as you're staying true to yourself, I don't feel like there's a wrong way to approach it. It's just whatever feels natural. Because like you like um, Duncan said, we could as as I don't think just as just as fans of music, you can see through it when it's not when it's not natural. So I would really like to know a bit more about how what you're looking for in terms of stories. So you know, I'm sure there's lots of emerging creators watching who are probably thinking hey my music's great why isn't that enough and you kind of touched on this earlier Tara but I just kind of wanted to get a little bit deeper into what constitutes a good artist story what are you looking for can you give any examples of any sort of people that you've written about and how what the angle was how you kind of um took that to a publication Maybe. Well, Duncan, you can start and tell us about all the fabulous things you've been doing on Crack. Do you want to go, Tara? Um, I'm trying to think. I, I, I'm not as directly involved in the kind of editorial for the print magazine um, so much, but I think in terms of just like stories in the past maybe 12, 18 months that have really cut through. I guess like Giant Swan, who uh, from who are a Bristol-based act, who for us it felt like they were kind of representing two arms of of what we champion as a magazine. So it was electronic-based and it was kind of centered in like a nightclub space, but it had a lot of the character and the sentiments of like punk music or guitar-based music, and it had the same sort of like heavy, full-body impact that you get from like a a punk, a punk show, show or, or something, something like that. that and i think those sort of juxtapositions are really really interesting to us you know if there's a really like visible balance of two worlds i think that that's like definitely a plus um but yeah it feels like it's, it's not the most helpful thing to to say but again there's no real formula i think if, if, if you if I think it kind of goes back to what Aaron was saying. It's like artists that know themselves, artists that feel like they're really comfortable with their voice and they're really comfortable uh, in the space that they're operating in. Those voices are always cut through. Um, but yeah, I mean, a reality of it, like Tara said before, is that at the moment, if there is a direct link between that person's art and like a wider social issue or like a wider uh, news topic, then that's probably a plus because obviously the challenge of, of, of music magazines is kind of tying music into the 
the broader world and into broader interests. But so are yeah. you saying like a willingness to talk about? I don't know. Me I mean, it's, it's, it's not an industry or Trump. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely don't think that that that's a a prerequisite, and I definitely don't think that artists should ever feel a responsibility to talk on those things. But I think. Um, I'd be lying if, if we pretended that like a reality of current music media, I think it's just because audiences are a lot more like switched on and sensitive than they used to be. So it used to be like 20, 30 years ago that like music fans were probably more only interested in music. Whereas now because of social media, music and social issues and like society at a broader level all appears in one feed. So I think stories that maybe take in a few more different strands will travel a bit further. But again, there's no like fixed formula. That's just probably from my experience. There's no hard and fast rule. What about you, Aaron? Um, sorry, can you repeat the question again? Well, I'm just I'm just really interested in you know I think there'll be a lot of people watching, a lot of artists and creators who think that they're why isn't my music enough so no. what i'd really like to give them is a sense of what you're looking for in terms of a story for example um is it more attractive to a publication if an artist is part of a scene like the bristol scene with chance like if you can place them in a scene or if they come from a collective where it feels like there's a bit more of a movement just an example I think it's just generally about having a story, having something about having something about them. I think um, even if, but if that's something that they can even do themselves, like even if it's um, networking with other artists or collaborating with other artists, that's like I think, uh, for example, like networking across, you know, networking with people that are also trying to in the same position that they are, and and creating even create just creating together, whether that's a, a, a song or like an EP or. Or, or going, obviously you can't do it right now, but going to, uh, performing at live, different live shows or pop-up gigs and stuff and, and just networking and, and coming across other artists in the same field as them. I think, I think in terms of talking about just as a journalist, I think, um, and you're asking me about uh, what I'm looking for as a story, like I say, it's just having more strings to their bow, like how, what other things can you offer aside from the music, like you say, whether that is being part of a collective or, whether it is that they produce as well as as um, sing or they rap as well as sing or do you know what I mean? It's just I feel like the more that they can offer as an artist is what's more likely to cut through and therefore make me pay attention to them. You know? So you're you're interested in artists that can do lots of different things. Who's the last? What's the last new artist that you wrote about, Aaron? Uh, the last new artist that I wrote about. Was there a distinctive story with somebody that you can think of? Um, the last artist in general that I wrote about was um, Ambush. Um, I wouldn't say he's necessarily he's the newest, but <laughs> um, but with Ambush, I think he he has. If I'm using him as an example, he he uses um, he has a lot of his energy reminds me a lot of like um, UK rap, like when it was at its peak, maybe um, ten years ago when we had like K Coke and and or he reminds me of even like a UK 50 cent he has that kind of energy about him um um in his lyrics he's very straight to the point very honest very raw that's probably the best way I can use to describe him but, but again that's something about him that's kind of shines through through his music that does not it's not there's not a lot of other people you could compare that to so um 
so yeah like i said that's that's that's, that's him specifically but in general like i say i think it's just about having something more about you Tara? um i guess it's sort of easier for me to think about what is not a story so like I think in the past couple of years, in my inbox at least, there's been a tendency to push forward people's like marginalization and their trauma as though those are the things that make them interesting. And I I think people should be really discouraged from doing that. Like I don't think you have to think about the worst things that have happened to you and have that be your top line. That like, I think particularly marginalized people we are taught to like sell ourselves via our trauma um and that should never be it on on the other hand if your work is in in some way dealing with that i think that can be part of the thing you were talking about like i think one of my favorite interviews that i've done in like the past few years was with geica and like his top line is not like you know um black man who talks about colonialism who talks about immigration like that's like he's an experimental artist he's like a really good electronic experimental artist and then when you get talking to him though it's like oh he has all these incredible things to talk about he's like you know really well versed in talking about stuff like colonialism and like i think knowing how his work deals and interrogates with that stuff but that's not the story it's just part of the story and i think there's, there's, there's nine, nine traits where people, people have to be really, really careful, careful about, about not feeling like the thing, thing that, that makes their work interesting, interesting is the fact that they've been oppressed. Um, because, because you're then like seeing yourself through a certain gaze and like it's like unnecessary to do that to yourself. I think that's a really interesting point. I mean, uh, yeah, really interesting. I'm just looking for the people that are changing something and doing something differently. And I think that the most interesting artists um, show you something different about the world, you know? Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're sort of, yeah that's, that's what I'm really looking for. I mean, you know, I'll play bangers on my radio show. I don't care who's made them, where they've come from. You know, I'm, I'm, if it's a good tune, I'm going to play it. But in terms of, like, what I'm looking for in, in, in writing something, you know, it's really getting inside that story. It's, I, for me, it's people who are challenging something, who are rattling the ribcage or something, you know? I think, I think just to quickly follow up on Tara's point, I think that's a really, really important distinction to make is um, one of the things that I know when I've ch whenever I chat to other music journalists, that the sort of the trend that's been almost slightly troubling over the last couple of years has been like, like, like kind of issues that are quite personal and maybe not directly related to this artist's music being used in like the subject line of an email. Right. in like a pitch via PR and that kind of thing, or maybe websites kind of leaning into that in a headline, like you said, like a top line where it's it's maybe not even related to the, the art that they're talking about. And um, I think that's, yeah, a really, really important distinction to make. And yeah, people should definitely not feel under pressure to try and shoot on those things in. Definitely. Uh, just, just to wrap up, guys, um, and this has been so interesting, thank you. Is there anything, or what do you think that artists can be doing at this time, right now, to be seen and heard? What are the most important things that they could be doing to be discovered? Um, I'll, I'll go first. <laughs> um, 
I think for me, I would, I would, I would say don't feel pressurized. Do what feels worthwhile for you, and work on work on your craft, work on yourself. Things to your bow, whether that means you're learning to produce, whether it means you're learning to, to whether it means you're, you're just recording, you're just stuffing up on music right now. Um, just, just, yeah, yeah, just work, 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 work on your craft and then, and try and, and then if it comes of the social media, social media is, is your friend. I think that's the probably the, the best thing they do to cut through is, is, is connecting in whatever way feels comfortable for you, even if, even if like Tara, Tara said that she, as a journalist, that she. She just sees time to away from socials, even if that means as an artist, she says to your fans, Hi guys, I'm, I'm going to take some time away right now. Just giving, talking to your fans, just that communication with your fans, you don't know how much that will mean to them. So I think just even just communicating whatever way feels comfortable for you is, is, is important in this time. Brilliant. Tara? Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, I am sort of aware that right now during this time actually one of the only ways you're going to be able to cut through is through being online and being on socials and stuff because that is how we are all living right now um but i feel like yeah to add to what aaron was saying about like not feeling pressured it's also really okay to not be using this time productively like i feel like I got really stressed out because I was like, I have all this time and I'm not writing all the time. What am I doing? Um, and I haven't like learned five different, different skills, skills yet. yet. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think it's, it's also really, really okay, okay to use this time, time to like, like just rest, rest um, because, because like it's, it's you know, you know all that, that it's like maybe a bit weird to talk about. about. Like it, it is literally a pandemic and that's like terrifying and overwhelming and you know, do, do what, what feels, feels right to you. Like, like if, if what, what feels right to you is like, you know, you want to focus on learning how to produce something, like great, that's like a really good thing. But it's also really okay if you want to take a bit of time to rest. Yeah, yeah I, I also think, think just off of that, that the, the, the beauty of being a like creator or a creative generally is that everything that you are doing, even if it doesn't feel directly productive, you know, if you're just like listening to more music or you're listening to more radio or you're just like aligning yourself with more people that's really productive and that really like helps you kind of orient yourself within like a space and I think kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier but yeah if, if it's sort of if it's not direct creativity then maybe just taking the time to like check out someone's radio show that you haven't heard before or check out an artist like the the thing that the Guardian had been doing with like those primers every day of like artists like that's been great like really really kind of for, for someone whose job it is, is to kind of work in this space i think that's been really really helpful but yeah definitely like no pressure at all i feel like the, the two-day trend of everyone like making sourdough and upholstering chairs and all that it's like, <laughs> that's so bad. like yeah yeah <laughs> brilliant well um thank you so much everybody um, I think that some of the questions we've had in the chat from I, Charles, Ali about um, how would you advise an artist to promote their work 
like is sliding into DMs to boo. I think we got that one covered. I think we covered that one off early on. So thank you very much to our brilliant panel, to Duncan, to Aaron, to Tara, and stick around because there's another discussion coming up shortly, the art of self-care. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.